We had a South African winner at Wimbledon. Can you believe it? Nobody knows it. Not many people know it. We all do. Six years ago, not long after he retired from a distinguished tennis career of his own when he reached a 12th world doubles ranking, Jeff Kutsia was approached by the very little-known Colombians, Juan Sebastian Cabal and Robert Ferrer, to mentor them. Well, Kutsia accepted the offer and fast forward to, to yesterday. He has won... And elevated or taken them to the Colombians to the number one doubles ranking in the world. Their recent rousing spine chilling 6 7, 7 6, 7 6, 6 7, 6 3 epic win over the French couple Nicolas Mahou and uh, Edward Rocha Vaseline in four hours 56 minutes was not only the second longest doubles final in Wimbledon history but one of the most memorable events. Let's, with that in mind, uh, let's welcome the man in question. The Wimbledon winning coach, Jeff Kutsia. Welcome to MSW. Thank you for your time. No, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. I want to play this uh, commentary first before we get into the uh, to, into our interview, just to lay the table. And this is uh, the final that took place yesterday. Just listen to this first. And that's it. On a massive miss here. Wimbledon, number five. For the Serbian superstar, what a treat this has been. The top seed triumphs and it can surprise no one. He's beaten Roger Federer today in the longest final in Wimbledon history. He's beaten Roger Federer in all three Wimbledon finals that he's played him in. Jeff Kutsia, you must also have uh, chills down your spine after listening to that. But let me first say congratulations on uh, winning uh, the doubles with your two uh, Colombians. Uh, just take us back to this memorable moment when they won that final point to uh, get the doubles victory under their belt. Yes, and it was unbelievable. It's something uh, one uh, you know, obviously dream of and can't describe. And uh, the way it was, you know, it was such an epic match and uh, People uh, stayed, and it was it was really I must say, it was really one of those epic matches that you just think about and dream about. And of course, the ladies doubles, I mean, ladies singles was so short, mm. and then everybody wanted a little bit more. And I guess we gave them more. It was four hours and odd minutes. It was, uh, it was just as long as the Federer's match, yes. to be honest. Uh, so, uh, but yes, very epic. I mean, the, the way sort of ups and downs and uh, once the roof closed, I was lucky enough to have at least five minutes with the guys just to kind of reassure them that they're on the right track. They just have to take chances and that's the only way they'll win. They're not going to give it to you, but go out there and compete and just take your chances, take the risk and I'm sure you guys will win it. And yeah, it was, it was an amazing, it's an amazing feeling. When uh, Joan Sebastian Cabell and Robert Farage uh, first contacted you, uh, you just recently re- retired. Uh, what was their state of tennis? Where were they ranked? Uh, and did you think there was potential with these two players? Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've never really met them before. I that end of that season of their season where I just stopped, uh, uh, Robert Farah reached out to me and uh, I kind of saw their names here and there, you know, as my career came to an end. Mm. 
and they said they're just looking for a coach that they heard about me. Would I be interested? And I said to my wife, okay, you know, let's give it a try. And I did three weeks uh, preseason with them, and I, and they were on 18 the world, and I'm like, oh man, if these guys are 18, I should come back, you know. And I thought to myself, <laughs> I mean, the way they played, I first of all, I said to him, how do you guys want to play? The way you guys playing, I don't think. This is the proper way if you mm. trust me, but obviously, you know, you're coming new as a coach and you're trying to change things. I, I, I saw there's a lot of potential and a lot of things had to change, you know, and mm. there was a lot, a lot of things that I changed and over the years. And uh, they just, you know, kept on trusting me and said, yes, I know you're going to take us to the top. We, we really trust you and believe in you. And uh, you've been there and uh, just take us over the hurdle. So, uh, yeah, and uh, who would have thought Wimbledon? You know, they all just thought about them as clay court. When you think about Columbia, yeah. South America, you think about clay court. And, and that's what they always said. I said, guys, don't you putting so much pressure on the French Open. Just every slam is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You never know. Uh, and up until then, to be honest, uh, they, they haven't reached the semifinal of any grass court tournament. We lost to Andy Murray and, and Lopez in, in, in um, Queens. Mm-hmm. And then I said to the guys, look, it's disappointing. You had your chances. We have 13 days before we play our first match on grass at Wimbledon. I said, the other option is to go down to Eastbourne. It's only an hour and a half train ride. And just to get in matches, I said, what's the worst that can happen? We lose again, and mm-hmm. then we just keep training. And once the draw came out, we played uh, Andy Murray again, and oh, uh, wow. he played with uh, Melo. So that was probably one of the best matches of the week. And mm. I think that also just gave them confidence. And by winning the tournament, they were like, wow, okay, we can play on grass. And I could just see the belief just starting to grow and mm. grow. And when you were down in the quarterfinals after another epic match, five match points, and I just told them, you know, and Andy Murray was actually saying, you know what happens when you're down sometimes in a tournament, a couple of match points, and he just smiled. And I said, yeah, I know. I know the feeling. So, uh, and I said to the guys, look, from now on, just believe. Once we played uh, uh, um, Klaassen and Venus in the semis, I said, you guys got nothing to lose. You should not even have been here. You were done five matches, go out. And that's the same thing I told them in the finals. You got nothing to lose, compete. All I want from you is play on your terms. And that's it. That's all I want. How did it feel uh, playing against your ex-doubles partner, Klaassen, in that, uh, um, <laughs> that It's match. always tough to play a South African. I yeah. mean, I, I really feel for Rave, and I mean, we're yeah. very good friends. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, a lot of people asked me, I said, look, look at it this way. At least there'll be a one South African representative <laughs> in the final look. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Uh, Jeff, how long have you been working with these two? Um, this is my sixth year. Wow. So, yeah, it's been it's been a while. So, um yeah, no, it's been really up and down, to mm. be honest, and uh, it's a different culture and different mentality, and uh, where I sort of saw them where potentially where they can be, so they didn't really have that inner belief the first mm. two, three years, and I saw it, and I was getting frustrated, I'm like, man, you guys have it, you just got to believe it, and it, it is just a mentality, how mm. they how they think something, they're so relaxed and stuff, so I had to bring in a different side of of things and more of the professional side of things. And I was very, very strict with them from the word go. They were so laid back, mm-hmm. always late. And I said, I don't do this. I'm, you know, you got to be on time, you're disciplined, you're professional. And I said, if you call yourself professional, then act like it. So mm-hmm. constantly I had to implement that and then even on the court. So, I mean, I think that's more the respect of it as well. Yeah. When you look at the boxes at Wimbledon of the respective sides or teams or players, you see a lot of people in there that are not only family and friends, but there's the manager, I guess there's the hitting coach, there's the conditioning coach, yourself like a coach there as well. Who are all these people that usually sit in the players' boxes watching the games? Uh, there's a large contingent behind the scenes that we don't obviously know much about. 
Yeah, I mean, you obviously have your family and friends, you have yeah. the coach, you might have two coaches, a consultant coach, you have your physio, you have a trainer, then you have the managers, you know, the agent, there, there's a lot. Mm. And then, uh, and just a lot of uh, people really behind you. And the main thing is just to focus, you know, we, when you, when you're in this situation, there's so much happening. And the main thing, what we, what we kind of felt upon this whole three weeks that we rented a nice house and I'm the one that's cooking breakfast in the <laughs> evening. I do them, the, the brides, I, they liked it, you know, with kind of like a very chilled vibe. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I tried to do that, honestly, even before the match, with just like a nice salad with either chicken or pork mm-hmm. or something, just nothing heavy. And they just like to keep on the same routine. So even in the morning when they get up, I'm a little bit earlier than them, wake up, I, I do my oats and same with them, do the air. Just make sure everything's okay, you know. Just enjoy and kind of crack a joke or two just to mm. see, you know, not to feel like, oh, you're waking up for Wimbledon finals. Just, you know, and forget about it. You know, everybody's professional. And that's what I tried to do the whole tournament, just to kind of keep it more relaxed. What other titles have you won as a team? Um, we've actually won, uh, this year we won uh, in Barcelona, and then we won uh, the Italian Open back-to-back. We won it last year as well, and mm-hmm. then Eastbourne. So this will be the fourth one for the year. Wow. So and and uh, they've won since I started with them. They've won over I think thirteen or fourteen. But obviously this is the biggest one. Mm, mm. So yeah, up until I started with them, they haven't won a tournament and uh, they've lost in a couple of finals a couple of times. And mm. when I saw it, I'm like, okay, now I know why. You guys are putting so much pressure on yourselves. You 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 completely different. You, I see them in the week in the finals week. It's like it's so tense the, mm. the morning of the finals, and that's why I tried like every time in the finals to make it more relaxed for them. Mm. The, the mental aspect of the game is, is very, very important. You know they've got the physical ability to win matches, but that mental you know, fatigue that sets in sometimes, and sometimes you get that a block, you know, mental block, the ability not to win a game or to win a match. How do you get through that? Are you there as a, not only as a coach, but as somebody that digs into their mental ability of playing the game? Uh, no, 100%. You know, that's what I, I, I've tried. And that's why I'm lucky I've had so many coaches that sort of uh, put it into my head. I, 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 I'm always a guy that, that believes mentally. doesn't matter who tells you what, you can overcome that. And that's what, uh, before they they thought, they, oh, what about maybe quarters? This was like a couple of years ago, we're good enough. I said, that's not good enough. I said, mm-hmm. once you enter a tournament as a professional, you want to win it. It doesn't matter who you play. If you want to be the best, and you want to be, win the bigger tournament, you're going to act like it. I'm not saying you should be, you know, uh, uh, overconfident, but you should just go out there and do your work. And at the end of the day, let the record do the talking. And uh, it becomes, you know, I've printed this all, day in and day in, in their heads over the last couple of years to believe. I said, one day you're going to get there, you're going to have an opportunity, and it's up to you to take it because those things don't come very often, and you just got to go out there and win. Mm-hmm. And mentally, especially Kabbalah has always been the person that reminded me of myself, like mm-hmm. mentally strong. Rob is probably the, uh, the other side, probably from the Lebanese background. He's from mm-hmm. <laughs> that sort of... Uh, uh, background and he's the one that's sort of a little bit more dramatic but uh, I've worked a lot on him in the last few years and because I said to him you know if, if if you take it as a team you're the one playing on the advantage side are going to be the one that, that's going to make the difference because Kabbalah can only get you there but you're going to have to finish it so with work and I played my career a lot that side mm. so I know what it what it's like and um, 
you know, and I spent actually a little bit more time on him the last two years to say, like, you're going to be the one. And constantly mm-hmm. I said, oh, you need to be the one that, that does the extra 10, 15 minutes a day. And I'm not going to tell you always it has to come from you. Mm-hmm. So where are you based at the moment? Uh, do you obviously fly out to these tournaments and meet your players? Or are you based overseas at the moment? Where are you? No, no, no. I'm still, I'm, in, I'm actually living in Somerset West. Yeah. And a lot of, I do a little bit of coaching um, in Stellenbosch. So I'm still here and I meet the guys uh, basically at the tournaments and I spend about, say, 22 to 25 weeks a year with them on the road. And, mm-hmm. and in between, we won't play every week, but I'll do like uh, for my next trip now. I'm home now for a couple of weeks, so mm-hmm. I'll do the States to Montreal, Cincinnati. Then we have a practice weekend in U.S. Open. So that's what I do. Uh, so, uh, yeah, not, not too much, 25 yeah. weeks a year traveling, and then the rest I'm at home. This is a big scalp or feather in your cap, obviously. Have other people been knocking at your door to try and get them to coach as well? <laughs> I've actually had a few just before the tournament as well. Yeah, I've had a few. And I've actually had a, uh, another team that I coached last year also. Uh, and we, that's the team we beat in the quarters. And they, it was funny that uh, we actually played against each other like three weeks in a row and my guys the Colombians said look I don't want to share anymore we just want you and this and uh, we don't like this feeling for you not you know just sitting there and, mm-hmm. and it was it was kind of tough for me in the quarters because obviously I am still in good contact with the guys and uh, but yeah I said to them look I've been with these guys from the beginning so uh, you know I'm going to give it all let's mm-hmm. see what happens this year but yeah you always have uh, people approaching you you know you can't just take everything so I've I've invested a lot in these guys, and I just wanted to see if they got to to win a slam. And obviously, the cherry on the cake has been winning a slam, and ended up being one in the world. And that was mm. our goal. Uh, you had a, a fantastic career as a doubles player as well. Do you miss being on the court, uh, playing competitively, or do you prefer standing on the sidelines now? You know, coaching players. I I do miss it to be honest, and uh, I actually quite hit with them quite a lot. We do a lot of individual sessions, so I'll be with the one, and that's what they like, and then I take the other one. So in theory, I actually practice sometimes more than them. So I spend a lot of time, but I like competing, and they know it as well. I'm so competitive with them, and whenever we play points, I mean, I really, really get into it, and I'm not shy. I really, if there's a short ball, I make sure if I can hit you, you know, you better bring it. <laughs> so I, I still enjoy it, but then again, I realized after like intense week like that, I realized um, the body is just not there yet. I'm, uh, um, I'm okay with a couple of weeks a year just doing that, and the rest mm. I'll just get them someone to to hit with what they do together. It was a fantastic championship, Wimbledon, and one name that comes to the fore throughout this tournament so far it has to be the 15-year-old uh, Corey uh, Goff. Did you uh, manage to see any of her games and and to see the, all the hype that surrounded her? Yes, I actually did. I saw this uh, highlight of somebody that qualifying that Wimbledon gave her a wildcard and I was very intrigued. And actually when I I'm, I saw the last two games um, against Venus and I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, on a big stage, court one, is winning in the way. And then I actually got to practice. We actually practiced uh, uh, beside her a few times. And, uh, you know, just to, to see that I'm like, this girl is going to be so super good because mm-hmm. at 15 already you can realize how, I mean, she, she actually acts like a 24-year-old already, you know, so professional. I mean, you had bits and pieces when you when you seen her in the match when the 15-year-old comes out, but she's very mature, and the way she thinks on the court, that that's basically mm-hmm. that really impressed me, because you don't really see that, a mm-hmm. uh, 15-year-old, how the decision-making, how the pressure they handle. You know, it's one thing just to qualify for women, it's one thing to be like your your idol mm-hmm. at the first round in a big stage like that in Venus Williams, and then to go on and and did what she did at the age at on uh, you know at the age at fifteen. That's remarkable. Mm. 
Uh, I want to just stay on the line. We've got a caller that's come through from Pretoria, Maxwell. We'd like to talk about Wimbledon as well. Uh, Maxwell, good evening to you. Hello. Hi, Maxwell. Your question to Jeff. Uh, my question to Jeff is how do you see the, the final, the longest final at Wimbledon? Because I strongly believe the two players put a great show, mm. uh, including Novik Djokovic. And uh, I was impressed by the commentary after the game uh, when they say that Novik Djokovic is starting to eat the whole grass at Wimbledon. <laughs> so I think it was an epic final that I saw. And Novik has been there before everybody else. And at the last time, uh, Owen, uh, I saw one of the comeback of Novik Djokovic because yeah. that game for me ended in penalty when you are talking about the game of, uh, of cricket. And uh, your nickname, <laughs> Owen, from yeah. today, is Owen Bulombe. <laughs> Thank you very much, Maxwell. Yeah, let's talk about that, uh, Jeff. The final yesterday, uh, Novak Djokovic up against Roger Federer. Federer had a chance to wrap it all up in that final set, but gave away two match points. And Novak Djokovic going on to take a fantastic victory there uh, after what went down to a match that almost lasted five hours, I think it was. A great victory for Novak Djokovic to win his fifth title. Unbelievable. I mean, I thought... Uh, uh, after I, oh, I, I, I actually called it that Roger would win in four, but he has to win the first set. But then he lost it, and the way he came back in mm. the second and the fourth, I'm like, wow. And then I actually, um, I, I got to, I had to go to the airport. I was flying, so I was on the on my way to the airport, and I had my wife on the phone, mm. video calling and watching <laughs> the match. <laughs> so I was like, I watched it while in the car, and I just couldn't believe that was happening. And and to be to have it, I mean, on your racket. 40-15 and, you know, two match points. Mm. That doesn't really happen to Roger a lot, but it's happened to him against Novak for the third time. He's had yeah. match point and lost to him, so which is a tough one, you know. Does mental come into it? Maybe. Yeah. And uh, do you take chances? I mean, we can say all what we want, but, I mean, that's why Novak uh, uh, won back-to-back Wimbledon. That's why he's number one in the world. That's why he wants to prove mm. to the mm. world that he's just... We always talk about Federer and Nadal, and never really the big fuss of him, but he's just r- literally right behind the guys and winning, making up all the slants. Uh, he's not far off. So um, I think he always has a, a point to prove. And it showed mentally that, you know, this guy will never go away until mm. you shake hands. <laughs> That's so uh, true. And, and lastly, I just want to ask you about uh, Simona Halep. Uh, she was uh, Corey Groff's, uh, Goff's, Goff's uh, conqueror. But uh, Serena Williams was on the verge of a record 24th Grand Slam title, and she lost in the final to Simona Halep in two sets. Were you as shocked as the rest of the world? Oh, 100%. Uh, I mean, we warmed up pretty late knowing that this is going to go three sets. Mm. So by the time I got back and I saw a set and, and I went up to have a quick lunch and I'm like, whoa, this is a set and a break at 5-2 and I had to hurry up because we only had 20 minutes after that. So I couldn't believe it. Mm. And I mean, I mean, I couldn't enjoy my lunch. I just had to <laughs> hurry. But I mean, uh, all credit to, uh, to Mona Hala for playing such a good match. Mm. I mean, the true champion at Serena, she didn't play as good. I think uh, she wanted just so badly. You know, this mm. is like the third final. Last year she lost... Uh, to Kerber, and then obviously that uh, final against um, Osaka in uh, US Open, and now again, it's it's tough. I think ever since she's become a mother, just maybe that extra bit of pressure, mm. obviously to break the record as well. That's just what I feel, or what I've seen the last three finals she's played in. Mm. We thank you so much for your time this evening. Your next uh, major event is the US Open, is it correct? 
Yes, I'll okay. be going to the US here, the next one. Well, wish you the best of luck over there, and uh, may you win your second uh, Grand Slam title. Thank you so much, Aaron, and thanks for having me. Thank you. That's Jeff Kutsia, former... Uh, doubles player, South African uh, legend of the sport, uh, win, a Wimbledon winning coach with these two players, the Colombians Juan Sebastian Cabal and Robert Farrar, who uh, managed to win the uh, men's doubles title just this past weekend after they beat French couple Nicolas Mahout and uh, Edward Roger Vassili in uh, five sets. A great victory for them. And uh, you can hear the excitement in Jeff Kutsia's voice there as he believes that this team could go on and do much better.